This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way, and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, it's been a strange week for all things Mansfield Town. After... A 0-0 draw in midweek at home to Carlisle United. The Stags now hit the road again to take on Gillingham tomorrow afternoon. We haven't had time to do a regular podcast, but we thought we'd find 5-10 minutes in our day during our lunch hours to come together, have a little bit of a chat and bring you guys some content because we know you guys so desperately want it and so desperately need it to get you through your working day. So who's joining me? to talk all things Mansfield Town. Well, it's the last person you'd probably expect to be joining me during a day when they should be studying. Hello, Cam. Afternoon, morning, whatever time. Morning. <laughs> it doesn't matter no. because that's the beauty of a podcast. People can be listening to this in the morning, at night, in the afternoon, all whilst... No, let's not even go there. Let's definitely not go there. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Are you OK? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, yeah. Jolly good. I'm all right too. Thanks for asking. Appreciate that. No worries. <laughs> right, let's delve into it. Obviously, uh, three things to talk about today uh, on the uh, agenda. We'll start with item one. Mansfield nil, Carlisle United nil. Uh, I think really if we sort of refresh our memories back to last season and whenever there's a break, we always struggle to get going again. And uh I think given the circumstances this week as well, with, with everything that's happened in the wider world, it was always going to be difficult to actually get ourselves motivated and, and going in a sense. I'll come on to why in a little bit, but first performance on the pitch. Goalless draw should have been a 1-0 win though. Yeah, well, I'll say we had, we had the chances and you think Lady Luck was very much on our side. On, on Tuesday night because they missed four absolute sitters. Um, funny that Christian Dennis still couldn't score against Mansfield. I don't think he's ever scored against Mansfield, regardless of whether he's played for Chesterfield or Notts County. I don't think he's ever scored. Um, but it, it was just one of them nights where it, the ball just wouldn't go in. And then it, it's these sort of games where you need to take your opportunities. We had uh, two or three good chances where we could have scored and um, even more frustrating looking back at the highlights and seeing that George Lapsley's offside goal wasn't actually offside but it's yeah. one of them things you can't just take it on the chin you go into next week at least it's not a loss we've not I don't think it was the only 
nil-nil draw across the EFL on Tuesday night, regardless of division. And it's a point. You can't complain at that. You could be, we could be sat here berating the team because they bothered to turn up and we could have 5-0, whatever. But it was a bad performance. And any old point is a good point. The glass is how important points were to pick up at this part of the season, especially when we couldn't get a win or or anything, you think, 12 months ago. Yeah, I think as frustrating as it is coming off the back of a good performance away at Doncaster, I think I'd have happily snapped your hand off for a goalless draw before because home form is critical to any promotion chase inside. And, you know, we've we've not conceded a goal. All right, we've, we've not scored, but we've kept a, what are actually at the moment, Carlisle, a very good team at bay. We've prevented them from scoring and actually it's given us a base to, to go on. We've not lost a game, we're unbeaten and we carry the momentum into Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we do. And especially when we're not particularly travelling well, I think we need to keep that confidence going. And and yes, it's it'll have been two weeks since we did play Doncaster, but you think that that determined performance, there's no reason why we can't play that sort of football against anybody else. Because I think Doncaster were, to say where they are in the league, they were quite a poor side. But then on the mm. flip side, you look at Carlisle, the mid-table, yes, they've won, they've won two, drawn five now, but they've only lost once. So it just shows the sort of sides that we're going up against. And uh, it, it's frustrating that we did lose the the Bradford game because it would have been a fantastic contest. It would have been near enough a sellout. And considering the type of form that both sides are on, it, it would have been a good game. But it gave us that extra bit of time for recovery. Obviously, Cluffy said the players had the weekend off. Uh, it only felt right to do that back in on, on the Monday. But it, 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 yes, it's knocked us off a stride in the such that we've not been able to win again at home, but it's not unsettled as too much that we've then gone and lost, which is what we would have done last season after a break. Yeah, certainly. Is. That's a positive to, to draw upon, actually, the fact that last year when we did have breaks and certainly the year before that, we really did struggle to get going. So the fact that, you know, it's a goalless draw, you know, we didn't play great. Neither side really played great. It was a bit of a drab performance on, on both accounts but you know we we didn't lose and that's the important thing so we have got that little bit of uh, uh, a springboard you talk about how you know people having a weekend off and things like that wasn't it a great weekend for Kel Gordon though was it did you see what happened on his uh, social media uh, oh. don't go to London I know <laughs> oh, well don't go to London and, and drive your own car I can't believe it. of all the things that a thief thinks to Nick in a car like that I know what I'll do. I'll grab his Mansfield Town tracksuit. And he would have got fined for that as well by the club. Because <laughs> he, he's, he's lost his training wear. So, you know, what was it doing in the back of his car? So, yeah, Technically, yes. But I, I think I'd like to think that Clough would take a bit of sympathy on him, to be honest. But... You'd be very, very annoyed, wouldn't you, if that if that happened to you? Um, obviously, you know, we I don't want to get too royalist or political or anything on, on here. The only thing I would obviously have perhaps changed about Tuesday is imagine being a professional sports person. Sometimes music is motivation. And they obviously had to play respectful music. I would have rather they played no music at all before the game because trying to get yourself 
you know, up and ready. Imagine going to the gym and doing a, a, a workout with Land of Hope and Glory playing in a really soft, slow brass band mix in your ears. Obviously, you know, we send our deepest sympathies and everything, and it's uh, been a real couple of weeks where everyone's shown sympathy and things like that. But I don't know, just turn the music off. Just do it. Just do it in that way. It's, I don't know. Imagine trying to run to that. You can't really get yourself going, can you? No, I can't imagine the players' music in the dressing room would have been anything like that. Compared, like <laughs> no. what they'd usually listen to anyway. Yeah, um, exactly. You from walking in Memphis one season to Land of Hope and Glory in the other, but, <laughs> it's just, but um, oh, I think I think the mentality of, of Tuesday was just a somber one. I think it yeah. was it was always going to be difficult, but I think the the crowd still reacted when we actually got going and and, and fair play to everybody that that did the minute silence other than one uh, random phone ringing. I don't think I particularly heard anything. And No, me neither. The national anthem sounded brilliant. And yeah. then everyone everyone did as the club wished. And, and yeah. we had that, that, that moment of, of respect. And then, then it was just like a normal match day. As soon as that whistle went, it was just straight back on it. I think it was... It was always going to be a difficult game, but I think when when you've got chances after chance after chance and you just can't put one away, the crowd's always going to get on your back. And I was list- actually listening back to um, over the last few days, just not really much to do during the day because I've not started uni again. Um, just been listening to previous matches. I think I remember watching the Wimbledon game. Yeah. And before they, and they were they were their commentators were saying like the Mansfield fans really get on the players' backs, and I think uh, as much as that's a negative, I think that can be a positive as well as to why we've been so good at home. So I yeah. think the players up their game more, and I, I think as a professional you should be up in your game regardless of where you're playing. But it just seems that we were we're a home team and we've obviously we've lost. We lost against Sutton towards the end of last season over Easter weekend, but other than that, we'd not then not lost at home since what October, September last yeah. year. I think that one defeat in something like 22, 23 games now. The exact stats I, I don't have at hand, but it's going to be something like that. And I actually disagree with what the Wimbledon commentators say because my, it might sound like we're getting on the backs, but actually, I don't think we do at home anymore. I think we. We might have a little frustration or whatever, but it generally turns quite quickly into singing an atmosphere. And I think that was a difficult thing on Tuesday night, trying to get that balance right between being a respectful crowd to the situation that the the nation finds itself in and trying to generate atmosphere. And that wasn't then helped by periods of the game. In particular, we had a really good, strong spell. Uh, We had the shot, I think, from Maka, which then broke the net which then meant there was a break in play for a good six, seven minutes. And after that, we just could not get going, crowd nor players. And I think actually that's pro- probably where the line w- was drew in terms of it's going to be a goalless draw. It's going to be that goalless draw where you won't look back on it and you just think, meh, a point's a point. Let's all go home. Yeah, especially when Carlisle missed two or three chances from open goals from pretty much bang in front of the goal you've got to think we've, we've rode us luck a little bit but it, it's a point in the right direction I think 
would have been very frustrated had we have lost that game because I think we I don't think either side deserved to lose that game. I think Carlisle was very good. They they kept their high tempo to match ours. I think when we've played at home this season, and that same again with a couple of away days this season, we've tried to get that high tempo and, and overpower teams. And it's only worked once away from home this season. That was Doncaster. The only other times that high tempo and high intensity football has worked is when we've been at home and it's been, yeah. it's been very dangerous and no more so than the, the Stockport game. I think it, it just showed that, yes, we were, we were pushing, but then we go one behind and then we hit back straight away. And then we, we then get the go-ahead goal straight after that. So having that intensity is brilliant, but it just seems completely lost on on Saturday. And I think that's probably maybe the legs being a little bit rusty. I don't I don't know whether whether rusty is the right word or not because it's it's only a week and a bit since we played, but a week and a bit is a long time in football. Especially when you've had that high intensity and sort of the adrenaline which comes off the back of the the Doncaster game as well, and then you have the disappointment of you know it's it's obviously completely out of our hands. Everybody will have their different opinions on it. We won't agree on it, me and you, because you think it should have been off. I don't at all think it should have been off because every other sport took place. But you can't change it. It is what it is. Um, you know, and it, and it's it, it's gone. You can't change it now. But it's just one of those things, isn't it? And and you you move on quite quite quickly um and talking of moving on quite quickly um we haven't got a lot of time so i'm going to move on to item two in the agenda and i'm going to kick it off by playing this now nathan's favorite player is stag's captain ollie clark he loves to shout his name out when he comes out on the park he he's absolutely over the moon to hear stag's latest news he loves our number eight when he wears the amber and blues but it's not always been like that, as you can appreciate. Nathan said some nasty things about his brand new mate. Cliff Tops were mentioned on Mansfield Matters show last week. But now Nathan's backtracking, saying it was only tongue-in-cheek. Alan Wilson, what a guy there. So, uh, Ollie Clark, of course, signed a new contract until the end of the 2024 season. Um I put in the chat at uh, 25 past eight last night, Alan Wilson, can we have a, di- a, a, a ditty about Clark and Nathan, please? Uh, Alan then put, leave it with me, mate. And at, uh, at what, half an hour later, 18.57, Alan sends that through. What a, it just, just his what talents. Yeah, what a man. His talents meet no bounds. And talking of talent, Nathan won't agree, but Ollie Clark, delighted to see him uh, secure an extra year, if anything. It will just stop every transfer window. Every time there's a, a, a room of a player leaving, everyone going, well, Ollie Clark's going then. <laughs> we had it during, uh, during um, the, the, the summer one. And what was the rumour that Clark? It was like Clark was going on a player swap with James Wilson from Port Vale. <laughs> yeah. That is the most bizarre. It's bizarre. It's strange. But um, especially because Wilson was injured at the time. Yeah, I, d- I don't. But all along, very unexpected. Yeah, uh, it, it's a strange one because people on the outside might see that 
Nigel Clough doesn't potentially fancy Ollie Clark. I don't think he fancies him as a captain, and he just obviously sticks with him because he was captain before he arrived and, and, and things like that. But I actually think he does fancy him as a midfielder, and he does add something to him. And I think, like Clark said in his interview on, on I Follow Stags, he has had a point to prove this season. And I think when he's played, 99% of the time he has done it. And I actually can't, at the minute, sort of say that one player or another should be ahead of him. I actually think he quite suits the the way we play at the moment and, and the system that we, we do play. I think Hiram Botang, when he's back fit and firing, I think he might find it quite difficult to, to get back in because Hartigan's sort of come in and got his place. The one at the minute whose sort of position is perhaps under question um, would probably be Maris, even though he's performing quite well. And then, you know, you've got Lapsley who's almost doing a job as a, a, an extra striker. So I actually think Ollie Clark's form does potentially warrant his um, his extended deal. Yeah, I think it, it, it's a difficult one because I was saying to the lads that I sit with up in the, up in El Upper and um, we, we were saying we don't necessarily think Clark is favoured by Clark, uh, by Clough or not favoured by Clough or whatever. We, we think it's a mentality thing. And... Obviously, keeping the captaincy with him when he plays it is part of that, and showing like make, making sure that he's got a bit of responsibility and something that's not to keep his like mind fixed on, but actually just something to work towards to make sure he keeps it. And I think dropping him from games, I think firstly it's bizarre. I don't know why you'd drop him for. Sutton after having a brilliant game against Stockport, that just doesn't make sense. But you think about it, it's just that motivational thing. Maybe it's just that. I think, obviously, he's still got a point to prove. He's, he spent a lot of the the previous campaign injured, especially towards the end. He wasn't quite fully fit. We've brought bodies in since then. And especially when Hartigan has come in, He's been a fantastic player, and we've seen that Boateng's a good player as well. But we've not, obviously, not seen him for a while because he's injured. But once he comes back in, he's going to be another a good player to add to that midfield. Then you've also got to think of Jason Law because Clough seems to rate Jason Law. Yeah, very much so. And you've got to think he's not that far off. You'd like no. to think he's only maybe a couple of weeks now. Because when Clough was talking about the January transfer window, he was on a bad, no, I don't want to add midfielders, this, that and the other, because we've got such and such and such and such. And then Jason Law coming back in a few months. Obviously, that was over a month, nearly a month ago now. So he can't be that far off. So, And then obviously adds Hartigan in there as well. So you've got a lot of players vying for three, maybe four places in the squad. So the competition's high. And I think dropping Clark every so often is to kind of just trying to keep him motivated and keep him going in the right direction. And, I, and I'm not saying that Clark will get distracted or or disheartened or whatever. I just think it's like keeping that, that fire going and just making sure that he's on it from, from minute one every game that he actually plays in. And then whenever he comes off the bench in the place that he's, he's, he's been dropped in. 
And a lot of people might not sort of realise as well, he's actually one of our most experienced players. He's 30 years old, you know, he's a, a good club man, he's a loyal man. I think that, that says a lot. And it's actually really good as well to hear in his interview that he feels settled in the area now. We've, we've spoken about this so many times with players not being settled. He uprooted his entire life from Bristol, leaving, you know, family behind, things like that. He's managed to find himself a, a partner now up here, got himself a house and settled. He'll be a player that, you know, will probably be here beyond 2024 and, and until he retires. And, you know, I think it's actually good to have that loyalty in football because I think it goes hand in hand with the ethos which everybody associated at Mansfield Town Football Club are trying to impact on the club. Yeah, it is. I think you look at, at some players, you think they're going to be absolutely brilliant. As I can remember when we bought Callum Butter in, you're thinking, mm. oh, he's going to be a, a real talent. Talent and he was, and he, he he put his heart and soul into every game that he played, and he was a really really good player. And then next thing you know, poof, gone. And it's all because he, he just couldn't settle. He had to move his family up here, and then it was a bizarre situation with him. He said he couldn't settle up here, so what does he do? Moves to Scotland. <laughs> he's now back in this area as well, isn't he? I think he's at, was he not a Burton? Yeah, he's at Burton. Yeah, he's yeah. At Burton. Strange, he, but um, he's but. You can see the mentality that it can have on a player having to move so far. And I think one of the only players that I can think of that settled quicker than most is probably someone like Farron Rawson and Kellen Gordon, only by the virtue that they've been able to move back to roughly where their families are. Obviously, Kellen's from Nottingham, Derby sort of way, because he came through Derby's academy. Faz Rawson came through Derby's academy, but originally from Nottingham. And they've been how is he league... playing League One football? By the way, that's a joke. Anyway, no idea. <laughs> but the players have been able to settle a lot quicker. And then you, you even think to the last season, you think Jamie Murphy could. It didn't. It whilst he put in some good performances, it wasn't always there because I think his yeah. maybe his mentality wasn't quite there. So well, you've you've got. For, you... With with Murphy, he had what four young kids, and he's travelling from Scotland once, twice. So he's living away from home. It's quite interesting. I watched um, Ben Foster's um, Cycling GK podcast this morning. He had an offer from Newcastle to go and train as their mm. second or third keeper, and decided to retire instead of taking the money because you've got to move away from family. People don't realise that, and I think you know, without going off too much on a tangent, actually, Ollie Clark has defied that, and actually taken that hard decision, got his head down. Don't forget, he's mo- he moved up during the pandemic as well and he's seen lots of changes at the club. And, you know, when you do see changes at the club like we've seen in the last couple of seasons, players like Clark are usually one of the first out the door. So the fact that he stayed and um, got through his injury and is making a real impact now actually shows what his ability is like on the training ground and what his attitude is like as well in and around the dressing room. Yeah, I think he was living. Was he living with Tyrese Sinclair before? Might have been, yeah. Might have been, but it's it's good that a player's actually come out and said like they've been able to settle so well because I think I think regardless of whether a player settled or not, it's not something that you can they positively talk about like actually saying something. Usually, it would just be the the old PR. Oh yeah, move really suits me this, that and the other, and then you talk to him a few weeks later and you think, oh yeah, I've settled really well in this area, blah, blah, blah. And usually it's not the case. I think I think a lot of footballers can be guilty to what their agents or yeah. other staff can be telling them to do because that's what 
the fans of the team want them to hear. And yeah. I don't think I don't always think that's a good thing, but it seems that Clark has actually settled in and, and just his, his mentality has been in the right place, firstly for him, because obviously he's been able to to find a partner and settle with her and, and, and get a new place with them, but then just being able to, to crack on on the pitch because he was a a good player for us during the pandemic uh, season. He maybe lost his way a little bit last season, but then this With the injury, season, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was just not 100% right. But then this season, absolutely on fire. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. New player, completely. Yeah, let's uh, finally turn our attention then to uh, tomorrow's opponents, Gillingham. Uh, just the one win all season, that coming uh, at home. They've really struggled uh, with life in League Two early doors. Uh, a lot of people tipped them to bounce back but uh, since their relegation last season life in league two hasn't been the greatest to start but we've from our perspective we've now got to go that reverse mentality again we said for weeks that we needed the big crowd to really really kick in and uh, help away from home we had that at Doncaster with over 2,000 fans there there's not going to be 2,000 traveling down to Gillingham tomorrow the boys have really got to kick on and, and find that uh, find that performance might struggle to get 200 to be honest I mean, it's not a, a great place to go and I, I'm, I hope and pray that it doesn't rain for your sake because otherwise that's a very wet journey home. <laughs> is, it not, is it not undercover? No. Oh, fuck this, I'm not going. I'm watching <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll listen to, to BBC Radio, not Craig and Lee. I'm not. I'm not bothering. I'm not going. I've, I've had enough. I, I am re I'm retiring from being a, from a Mansfield Town fan. I'm out. Have you never seen Gillingham's away end? I, I have, but not... I didn't realise it didn't have a roof. No. Shocking. Right, on on that annoying note, it's... Oh, hang on. Ah, oh, do one. Is that behind the goal or down the side? Behind the goal. Oh, no, that's not the away end then. No, it is. No, 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 the, ticket, the tickets that on the Gillingham website, mate, aren't for behind the... Oh, the they're not giving you behind the goal. No, it's the uh, oh. the side stand. We are. Oh, in you're the, lucky then. Yeah, we are in whatever stand it is, but it's in the side. There was two blocks at the side Ooh, side of the lucky. pitch. So, yeah, I would not have been happy. You nearly ruined my day, then you dick. No, that right. is that is usually the away <laughs> end, and that's where they stick everybody. But I presume it's because they're not expecting many Mansfield fans to come. <laughs> very, very true. Uh, I don't think many will either. Uh, right, let's end on uh, podcast predictions. We've not got massive amount of time to sit and talk about Gillingham because it's lunchtime. I want to get some food and I've got loads of work to do this afternoon. So let's crack on. Uh, podcast predictions. What are you going with tomorrow away at Gillingham? 2-1 win. Um, I call the 19th minute. 19th minute. Uh, I'll go for a clean sheet away from home. I think we might turn on the style a little bit. And you know what? I'm going to be brave and say 4-0 win away from home. Uh, and I'm going to go with the 22nd minute for our goal. Uh, we'll put Nathan's, uh, Clive's and Alan's on our social media if we get them before uh, the end of today. Uh, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link is in the description. See our social media as well for further details. You must enter one hour and one minute before kickoff and you must enter via the link. Comments on social media via DM or any other method, carrier pigeon or whatever, will not be countered. Right, that's all we've got time for. Cam, what are you, finally, what are you hoping for from Gillingham away tomorrow? Uh, I'm hoping for two things. One, 
back to normal music, please, for the warm-up. If I have to listen to London Hope and Glory on loop again, I think I might kill somebody. Uh, and two, for a decent performance from us where we actually put the ball in the back of the bloody net. Um, three points, obviously. Um, it's, it's an important thing. I think if, if they're on such a bad run of form, we just need to take advantage of that, especially when we're not exactly on the best run of form away from home, obviously. The, the win against Doncaster is great, but we need that sustained um, run away from home and we can take some confidence from it. But I think a, a good performance as well, similar to, to what Doncaster's was. I think the high intensity and high energy football it, it is good. It, it works well for the players that we've got. And I just think just putting that good performance in it will, will just hopefully lift the players because I think I think we looked a little bit flat maybe on Tuesday night and I just think that getting that out of their system and then just starting fresh because you think over the weekend they trained didn't have a game and then trained again so it's like all that intensity and all that mentality that is built up going into the Bradford game was just completely lost and then it, it wasn't regained for for Carlisle, so obviously we've had a good solid week of training again now, and I think the players will react to that and and hopefully put in a, a what we've come to know as a, a good Mansfield performance. And three points is is all we ask. Three points and a good performance is all we want. It's a long and way. No, and and no land of hope and glory. That's all we ask as well. Uh, the views there of Cam Felton. Thanks very much to him for joining us on this little uh, lunchtime chinwag. We're back with a normal podcast. Uh, it will probably be Sunday because we try and squeeze one in between uh, the Gillingham game and, of course, the trip to Grimmauld Grimsby in the Pizza Cup uh, Cup. Um, so, yeah, make sure you join us for that. Follow us on all social media for all the details. Other than that, all that's left to say is uh, one word. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.